Parshas B'Shalach, Tafshin Ayin Zayin, as we have the Parsha of Kriyas Yamsuf, as we mentioned last week, we are in the middle of the triumvirate. Last week, CTS Mitzrayim, this week, uh, Kriyas Yamsuf, and next week, Maimon Harsinai, the three, three of the most amazing Parshios uh, that we have to uh, discuss. And we start off with an opposite thought of something that we have mentioned in, pa- in the past. We have, in the past, qu- focused on a Rashi, and learns from that Rashi the message of real tefillah. And we're about to see an exactly opposite interpretation of the same Rashi. So if we look in Perak Yudal at Pasuk Yud, as B'nai Yisrael are feeling uh, trapped, and they don't know what to do, and they come to the opposite, they feel that, you know, it's, it's all... It's all going to be good, but no, even though the Makkas just happened and there was just Makkas Bacharos, they're scared. And they see the Mitzrayim on their tails. All the horses. Lift up their eyes. And they see Mitzrayim. They see in front of them the Yam. They feed behind them Mitzrayim. They're stuck. Or the Medrash gives the mushal. If we remember the mushal of a, of a, of a little uh, little bird that's that's flying away from a, from an eagle that's trying to catch it, and he finally flies down and he sees there's a crevice in the rock. He's going to hide in the crevice in the rock, and he looks in and he sees there's a snake ready to pounce. That's what Bnei Israel felt like. The bird doesn't know what to do. You have this eagle, you have the uh, the predatory bird, you have the you have the snake. That's what they felt like. So what do they do? Vayiru ma'od vayitzaku Bnei Yisrael al Hashem. They cry to Hashem. So what does Rashi say? So in, uh, right here in Pasuk Yud, Vayitzaku, Tafsu Umnas Avosam. They grabbed their forefathers, Umnas, Ba'avrahamu Omer, Alamakam Shermat Sham. They did what their office did. They davened. Like Avram davened, Be'yitzchak Lasuach Basada, Be'yakov, Vayifka Bamakom. So, we've discussed in the past Rav Yeruchim's thought on the Rashi. What all of a sudden now, Tafsu Umnas Avosam. Dafka now, they davened beforehand. But they, they got to the root of davening because the fe- that feeling of Eistzara, as we just described, when we feel that the only one that can help us is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's true tefillah. True tefillah can only come out of a feeling of dependence, out of a feeling of chisaron, like the Vilna Gons pshat on HaKol Kol Yaakov. There's a Kol Male, one is spelled with a Vav, one is spelled without a Vav. Kol Male is the Kol of Torah, the proud standing up Kol. And then there's a Kol Chaser, the broken Kol. And that's the Kol of Tefillah. That's what we have said in the past. But there is an to- exactly opposite thought that the Rav Bartanura says, and then, a hundred years later, the Gur Arya, the Maharal says, interpreting this thought of Rashi in exactly the opposite way. So first we'll see the, the Bartanura, it's quoted here in the Otsvah Satorah, and then we'll see the Gur Arya, he does not quote the, uh, the Rav, but, uh, let's see what they say. What's Rashi telling us of Tasu Umna Savosam? What does that have to do with davening? Says the, the Bartanura. Look at the next Pasuk for a second. And again, each shot has what to be based on. Right? The way that we just described it is a reason to base the basis of Rav Yeruchim's shot. What about the next line? If they're so, they so realize that Hashem's the one in charge, and they have such belief, and they've reached such a level, what about the next Pasuk? Vayomru el Moshe. They say to Moshe, Hamibli and Kavarim bimitzrayim, Midbar. <coughs> well, there aren't enough graves in Egypt. You gotta schlep us out here? That doesn't sound like people who are davening with so much kavana. 
Why'd you take us out? We told you it was better to stay. How do you put that together with Tafsum Nasavosam? We told you, leave us alone. Really? They, t- they said that to Moshe. Maybe they have a short-term memory. Loss. We'd rather keep being in Egypt than being taken out to the desert and die of starvation there. And die of anything else there. So, asks the Gurarye, ask the, or asks Rashi according to these Pshatim. Rashi's bothered. What does Tafsum Rasavosa mean, considering that the very next couple of Sukkim, they don't seem to be on the greatest of levels? Doesn't, doesn't Tfilah reflect something, that Tfilah? So explains the Bartanura, explains the Maharal, no, 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 Tafsum Rasavosa is not telling us something amazing about their Tfilah. It's telling us something negative about their tefillah. What does it mean? Let's read it. They weren't tzaddikim. And remember, that's what it says in Tehillim. In Tehillim, when there's a whole parak of Tehillim devoted to Kriyas Yamsuf, it uses the lashon of Vayamru al Yamsuf. They rebelled. We rebelled at the Yamsuf. What happened? Explains the... The Rav, Lo b'shibchan dibarakasuf ela adaraba bignusan. Shemashet sa'aku lo haya b'leif shalem kiim minagavosayim biyadehem. Why were they davening? This is what the Abba did. This is what the Zayda did. This is what, why do we daven? Because we daven. And this is what my father did. And this is what I've done all my life. So I go to shul and I daven. Do I really think about what I'm doing? No, I daven because this is what we do. But not that they had such kavana. Tafsu umnasavosam. We because they were davening like many of us daven. We daven because we davened yesterday, and this is this is our schedule. This is what we do. But that's not how we're supposed to be doing mitzvos. That's not what. Yeshayo had in mind when he berated Klai Yisrael, which we'll see again in the in a minute in the Sefer Chasidim, but when Yeshayo calls what Klai Yisrael were doing mitzvos anashim milumada, doing mitzvos by habit, doing mitzvos out of rote, that was the problem here. Amazing that this is the pshat according to the two of the, the great achronim, giving pshat and Rashi, even at this moment in time, we, it's not they, we didn't get the the secret of tefillah, even sometimes when we need to daven, we do it as if we're just going through the motions. And we don't appreciate the Im- impact that it can have. Says the Maharal, lomar We're not talking, according to this shot, it's not avosam, avram, yisach, and yaakov. It's dumb, you know, this is, this is the tradition, this is what we do. Ein lomar Then the Rashi's answering here, they're not davening like, like they should. To hell, cause look at the next pasik. How you mislonin him? Achshav lomar. Halo tovlan avodis mitzrayim. Ella shehu umnis avosam. Shekach haya menagavosam. And this is what's done. Vediba, the davish hu menagavosam. Nimshach adam tamen achrav. I saw my father do this, so I do it. Why do I do it? I don't know. I have no idea. I just do it. Afagav sheina osef bekavanas libo vadaito. How many things do we do? Because this is the minag. This is what my father did. This is what my grandfather did. Sometimes we have to minag. Minag is an amazing. It's an amazing concept. But we have to try to appreciate them and hug him. We have to try to realize why we do what we do. 
and not just do it. And that's what the Ogur Ari quotes. He says, even in Chulun, the Gemara says, yeah, certain non-Jews, they're not really Odeh Vodazara. It's Minak Avoseim Biyadehem. Right? They just do it. They don't really believe. You see from there, they did not daven properly, and that's why it did not affect them. And the very next pasuk, they could they could blaspheme as it, as it were. Moshe, we told you we didn't want to go out of Mitzrayim. Why did you take us out of Egypt? They saw the ten makos. They saw makos pachoros. But right now they were scared. And they couldn't get it. If you look in the Sefer Hasidim, in the next source, in Os Vav, he talks about this idea in very emphatic words. We just mentioned this this week in a, in a Navi Shir, in Sefer Yeshayahu, where that Pasuk is quoted, Mitzvah Sanashim Mulumada, but in Perach But now let's see the words of the Sefer Hasidim right here, where he tells us there's no other source that we need if we need to be woken up that we shouldn't be doing things just by habit, just by road, just by going through the motions. We should do it. It doesn't mean that if we're not in the mood, we don't do it. Right? We can't say, I'm not feeling it, Rabbi, so I'm not going to do it. No, we need to do it whether we feel it or not. But as we do it, the more we research, the more we appreciate, the more we prepare, the greater the experience can be. Says the Sefer Hasidim, Kol Masecha Yil Shamayim. Okay, we shouldn't be focused on only Olam Hazeh items. But when we are involved in physical activities, including especially eating and drinking and making brachos, that's what he's really focusing on in this paragraph, on line four. We wash our hands, we make a bracha, we have to think about God a little bit when we do this. Do we think about what the words mean? Unbelievable. Right, we pass it according to Rov Rishonim that just saying the words, I just say that in the middle of nowhere. I'm not eating. Most Rishonim say that is not an Isidaraisa. That is not Losisa. Why? Because it's a beautiful statement. It's unbelievable. Baruch at Borei Mine Mizonos. The Rabbah Moses is our rice. Okay, but Bali Tosfus and many others don't. Why? Because it's something beautiful. But do we realize that, says the Sefer Chasidim? V'lo yasa ka'adam ha'oseh davar keminag. Umozi dvar mipiv v'lo higyon leiv. Again, obviously it's better than not doing it. But doing it without thinking. You know, we, we, we're... Uh, we're we're not doing as much as we can do. There's so much that we could do. Hashem gets angry. That's what he's screaming about. Think about your mitzvos. They keep bringing their karbanos and they they say the words. That comes from Yeshayo, that phrase. Why do they bring in karbanos? Why are they doing all the ragal? Because this is what I saw, this is what I grew up with. Why do they come? Boim bebeisi, umispalalim, lefit, filos, kivuos, kiminagavosam. 
And what do they do? They all make brachas. But are they, what are they making brachas to me? Right, that's not focused. I know they could do much better. We're shortchanging ourselves. We have to asay dvaram l'shem palam. We have to, we have to do, we have to go through the motions. But we have to make them such special motions. We have to try to appreciate everything we can. What does the Gemara say? One of the ways to get Olam Haba, iyun tfila. The good iyun tfila. There's bad iyun tfila. That if I don't get what I ask for, that I'm gonna reject. But the good Ian Tosis talks about two types of Ian Tfila. Ian Tfila of being Ma'ayen and appreciating Tfila. Not during Tfila. Before Tfila. At other times during Tfila. But, uh, before and after. So that's what he, uh, that's what the Sefer Chasidim emphasizes to us. It tells a spooky story at the end of someone who came back to one of their relatives and they say, you know, in, uh, here in the next world, you know, I, I could have done much better with my brachas in terms of my kavana. So, this is what we take from the Maharal and the Rav Bartanur's pshat of Tafsa Umna Sabosa. The opposite of what Rav Yeruchim says that we've discussed in previous years, but Shivan Panam Torah, and we could always understand and appreciate more and more the words of Rashi and the words of the words of others. Okay, that gets us started. Moving right along. Kriyas Yamsuf. Kriyas Yamsuf. Perik Yudalid. Pasik Tezayin, here it is. How does it occur? How does it occur? So the Pasik says that, Don't scream at me. Don't scream, don't daven. A few years ago we discussed the unbelievable Arachayim HaKadosh on that Pasik. Feel free to review it. What does it mean, don't scream? Sometimes even davening is not the, what's going to win it. It's going to be the Amuna. Not for now. In the Torah Shevichsav, how does the Kriya, the Yamsov split? There's no Nachshom and Aminadav in the Torah. At least here. How does it split? Moshe lifts up his hand. His stick. Split it. I will harden Paro's heart and he will follow you and this will be the last, the last point. But as we just alluded, there are many different Midrashim exactly what happened and how the Yamsov split. In the Torah, Moshe lifts up his hand. But we know one madras nachshav ben aminadav. But if we look in Sota, lamed vav lamed zayin, there is an amazing machlokes tanaim. What was going on right before Kriyas Yamsuf? Says the Gemara. The first two lines are on lamed vav and mabez going over. Mai detanya hayer rebeir omer kisha amdu yisrael alayam hayu shvatim menatzchim zemze. The shvatim were fighting with each other. Right after Moshe says, Hashem tells Moshe, stop davening, just go. So Moshe says, says everybody into the water. What happened? What was the reaction when Moshe said that? So we know the Medrash. Okay, Nachshon jumped in. But the Gemara says differently. The Gemara says, the Shvatimah started fighting. Ze'omer, ani yoreit chila layam. Ve'ze'omer, ani yoreit chila layam. They each said, I want to go first. They each said, I want to go first. Kafatz shivto shel binyamin, v'yarlam l'chila. Shevet binyamin. The youngest ones, they run in. There it is, we're going in. Shene'emar, Rodem, The Yehuda was like, hey, 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 we're, we're first. Right, Yehuda is always the first one. Acharai. Right, one of the reasons why Binyamin was Zochet to have the base Hamigdash in his 
section, right? Bank Tefav Shachain. We know the Mizbeach was cut on the southeast corner because the entire Mizbeach had to be in Shevet Binyamin and not Yehuda. But that is Rebbe Meir's opinion. Rebbe Meir says they were fighting. Oh, we, everybody wants to go in first. Binyamin jumps in. Omar, lo, Omar lo Rebbe Yehuda. It's interesting that Rebbe Yehuda here is arguing with Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Yehuda says, lo kachoyamaisa. No, no, no. It's not that they all wanted to jump in and Binyamin went in first. Ella, ze omer, ain ani yore I'm not going first. I'm not going, please. Does somebody else want to do this? You know, I'll do a lot, but I'm not going into the water. Nobody wanted to go in until Nachshon went in. That is Rabbi Yehuda's pshat, and then he continues, also Reid Yam, Darshan it based on the Pasuk. And then line 17, Kodesh Baruch says, not now, go into the water. Okay, so this is a fascinating machlokas that everybody want to go in, everybody didn't want to go in. So just one ha'ara. You can, please, we can feel free to look at all the Mepharshe Agada on this Gemara, but just one little question. To say that the old, nobody wanted to go in, okay, we understand that, they were scared, until Naksha went in. But they all say, I want to go in first. Why didn't they just all go in? What, there wasn't enough room? Why didn't they just go in together? Everybody wants to go in, so everybody go in! Everybody jump in! Ask the Ben Yehoyada, what were they waiting for? What, each one was, they wanted their own covet? They said, no, I, you know, it's me. No, what? Like, so what's going on? So, ask the Ben Yehoyada. V'halo zehayam gadol. Sheish po meshech rav shir sheikantu kulam b'bas achas. V'yelikane is kol ha-shvatim b'yachad. V'lomamadainim zelze. What was the big issue? What were they arguing about if they all wanted to go in? V'nira li v'siyata d'shmaya. Every paragraph in the Ben Yehoyada starts off with that as the answer. They knew, according to this pshat, they knew what was going to happen. Meaning, why did Hashem tell them to go in? What, to die? They didn't think that they were going to die. They knew that something, something was going to happen. So according to this pshat, they knew that if they took the first step, Hashem was going to help man and split the sea. They all wanted to see the split. They all wanted that unbelievable divine revelation. They wanted to see the walls. When they see the unbelievable walls right next to them, they see the water, they want to say, Shira. But says the Ben Yehoyada, if they all go in at once before anything happens and no breaks and no, no separations between them, Nimse Rak Harishon Asher Betocha Bekia Roe Hamayim Choma Mimin Dafka. The Aachron Roe Hamayim Choma Mismol Dafka. If they all go in at once, one's going to be all the way on one side, one's going to be all the way on the other side. They're not going to see it. They're not going to see both sides. Because I'm all going to be all the way on the right side, and I'm going to see on the right. And on the left, if they're all in at once. Let's go in, single shave it at a time. So that way, we'll both be near both sides of the walls, and we'll be able to see the nace. Not, not because they're, 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 they're selfish. They want to see the nace. They want to say shira. They want the full experience. For Yomar Shira. 
And then he says, What do you leave a lot of, leave 500 amas or a thousand amas? We need shavit. They thought not. What ended up happening? Hashem made 12 pathways, according to the Medrash, and they each had walls next to them, and everything worked out fine and wonderful. But they didn't know that. They thought everybody goes in. How many, let's think about it. It, wasn't, it was millions of people. That's a very far area with... And they wanted to get the full experience of the days in order to say the Shira. And that's why, says the Ben Yehoyada, they didn't all go in first. They would have a skinnier pathway so that everyone could see the Nais on both sides of their going in. Okay. So Kriyas Yamsuf. Let's have another general point about Kriyas Yamsuf. And let's ask the question that we mention, I think, every year. We don't always answer it. But we'll ask the question again this year. Right after Kriyas Yamsuf, even before we finish the Aliyah. Right after Kriyas Yamsuf, right after Miriam sings her song, Vayasa Moshe Sisom Yamsuf, Vayetzo Midbar Shur, Midbar, they don't find water. We'll get to the Medrash about that, but a little bit later. Everything's bitter. And what happens right after they sing? Vayilonu Ha'ama Moshe. They complain. Vayilonu is a strong lashon. What are we going to drink? Vayitzak el Hashem. These are not terms that are the greatest that we would have wanted to be described as. Vayilonu, Vayitzak el Hashem. Hashem And wonderful, the water became sweet. Asks the, um, the, the Mepharshim. We could all ask, what just happened? They just went through Kriyas Yamsuf. Even before the Aliyah ends, what happens? They're complaining already. How could it be? So what happened? How'd they fall so quickly? Says Rabbi Steinzaltz, two points, one leading into the other one. Number one, says Rabbi Steinzaltz, we have to realize that the nace of Kriyas Yamsuf was different than every other nace that had taken place up until now, really in the history of the world. Including the ten makos, including everything that happened already, Kriyas Yamsuf shook the observers more than any other. Why is that? Let's see what he says. Kriyas Yamsuf has a nice galui v'avyoser mikach. It was even more. Achi nitfeses lo rakhenes line five ella beikar kimaora shel gilui haasilavo kimokitchel his galus. It is revelation. What does that mean? Why is this described as the most intense moment? This is the high point. Yes, Maimon Harsinai. But Maimon Harsinai, not in terms of the miraculous element of it. In terms of we can't be free without the Torah. So that's obviously stage two. You can't be just have... But in terms of the nace element, Kriyas Yamsuf is really the, the nace as it is described. What about beforehand? There were many nisim. So what is unique about this nace? Line 11. The song. At this moment, Klai Yisrael come to a realization through the revelation 
that a Kaddish Baruch Hu could do whatever he wants. And he could break, and this is his key point, natural law. By all the other miracles, Rabbi Steinsdorf explains, Let's read line 17. Very different than Dam Svardea. When Dam happens, do we think that all of a sudden there's no more nature in the world? There's no more natural law? Or do we think that Hashem, right, we had water, and they had Dam. So it must be that God Baruch who did an unbelievable miracle to change their water to Dam. Wow, lots of frogs. There's a billion frogs. Does that mean that the world has no more rules? No, there's a crazy infestation of frogs. Miraculous, yes. But that doesn't shake our belief in the foundation that there's something called teva. There's something called order in the world. There's not just supernatural. There is supernatural, but that doesn't make me think that there's no such thing as natural. They're local miracles. But the second that the yam split, and there's a, there's a, there's a yam sof here, and all of a sudden, I'm walking on dry land. At that moment, Klai Yisrael feel, we have no idea what's going on right now. We are thankful, but is there any more nature? Is there any more law and order? All of a sudden, Water flows upstream. Every water in the world, according to some sources. Right? Like, what's going on? This isn't just a local, uh, limited, nace. The feeling that they had was totally different. Nature changed. Did nature change when wild animals came into Mitzrayim? Okay, choshech. But it was just more intense choshech. There's darkness, and it was intense darkness. But they had light. Remember, it was all mufla. So they still had natural law, and they saw there was a miracle happening in Mitzrayim, but not in Goshen. Here, every water in the world. And according to them, Kriyas Yamsuf, they started wondering, this is a Shinoi Hamareches. This is, I thought I, I knew what reality was. And now all of a sudden, I'm not so sure. Hayam Kfarlo Yam, Hamayim Kfarlo Mayim, Hayabasha, Gamhi, Mashu Achar Right, I thought in 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 Bracious, there was Yikavu Amayim and there was Yabasha, and all of a sudden now what's going? Hashem's in charge. It was an unbelievable revelation, but that was the qualitatively different type of Nes, and that is number one. He wrote, "Ech shekol teva gashmiu beatzem lo davar sagur elo davar shiachol lefeta lishtanos mitkatsel katzen." There's flexibility even in natural law. If I Kaddish Baruch Hu wants it. And that feeling, it's all a fake. It's all like a theater. Like I thought I knew what water does, but now, like the actor comes out from behind, hi, it's all me. I Kaddish Baruch Hu came out from behind the, behind the curtain, saying, no, no, I can do whatever I want with the water. And that's a very intense recognition. That a Kaddish Baruch Hu is in charge of everything and he can change everything that he wants. Number one. With that recognition, now we could go to point number two and explain. So why is it that right after Kriyas Yamsov they have trouble? And it's not only right after Kriyas Yamsov. Let's keep reading the Parsha. What happens? We're starving. We're hungry. We want food. Mun. Towards the end of the Parsha. Right? Roughly, Rafidim, Amalek attacks. Throughout the Parsha, they're stumbling. Like, what happened here? And this isn't even getting into the, 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 the Torah and Chet Egel, which is his own topic. 
But here, what's happening? Says Rabbi Steinsaltz. It's the transition and the segue between recognizing that there are rules and life and recognizing that they're supernatural and a Kodesh Baruch who's in charge and everything is gamish and everything is flexible and a Kodesh Baruch Hu could do whatever he wants, especially at that time of history when there was, there was gilui all the time. That's, that was the, that was the problem. It's not so simple for a human being to live in both of those worlds. Ha-parsha zo second column. Hibavade parsha haroit ha-korim bo dvarim gedolom and ifloim. But he says, how is it that right afterwards, this is what happens, line 15. Acharisha yam shavle etano pitom ha-kol nigmar. Done! Water's finished! And what happens now? They start walking. And they're thirsty. So now what do I do? I'm thirsty. I just saw Kriyas Yamsov. But my kids are, are, are screaming that their bottles are empty. So how do I, how do I put that together? That, that's hard. Are there rules? Are there no rules? I'm gonna die, and now I'm, I'm above Teva, and now I'm back to, I'm hungry, I'm starving. So this is, he says, it's very confusing for them. You start moving. I'm I in a dream world? Am I in, am I in reality? Am I in a olamazeh? Am I in olamaba? What's happening? And that was, that was the problem. That's what we have to take out of this. We have to, re- no, it was harder for them. You know, easier for us because we can believe in Nisim because we don't have too many of them and put them into and try to realize, I mean, everything's a nace, right? Breathing is a nace. But in terms of Gilui, so it's harder to live in a natural world when there's so much supernatural happening all over. That was the challenge of this parsha. And that's how we can understand their difficulties. And one might even suggest, he doesn't, but one might even suggest, he connects it a little bit in the Parsha Shlach, that was the apprehension of the Miraglim. If we could try to, obviously they did a terrible Avera, but... All of them shot them about why these great people did something wrong. So one could say maybe they were thinking that it's going to be go- now you're going to live a mamish a teva, you know, uh, life without all of us. Now we're all supernatural and it's good. But then it's going to be even harder. Maybe they were thinking back a little bit to what happened. Akash Baruch says, "I know best. I said to go in and I'll take care of it." But that could have been the problem. But this was the challenge that that occurred throughout the parish. And he continues on the next page where he even says, very interestingly, if we ever think about it, the Mun itself. And we end up in the Parsha of the Mun. The Mun itself has this dichotomy. The Mun is the most unbelievable, miraculous idea. Bread falling from heaven, it tastes like whatever you want, it's in a nice, neat package. But guess what? That supernatural, unbelievable event fell at exactly the same time every single day for 40 years. Like clockwork. So it was the most natural, supernatural event. So even in that nace, was it nace 
Was it this world? Was it the other world? That itself, he says on the top right of the next page. It's all miraculous. It's all miracle. Yom achar yom, shavua achar shavua, chodesh achar chodesh. So there's something here that takes it out of the miraculous. Because I expect it. I know it's going to happen every day. Right? I don't, uh, you know, I'm not so stunned by it every morning. Oh, the man's here again? Great. So it's, but that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. And that's, that's what we, uh, that's the challenge that we have uh, in our lives, and we have to realize, and he just ends off with the message also. He says, many times you'll hear people saying, you know, if I would only see amazing open miracles, then I would really, I would really be perfect in my Avodah Hashem. Then I would believe in God. Then I would do all the mitzvahs. Then, you see from our parsha that's not true. Because they saw the most amazing miracles, and the point is, to put that into real life is a challenge. And we have to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bein B'chalom, Bein B'metzius. Bein B'hester Panim, Bein B'gilui Panim. That's what we say, and it's, and it's a mission in Pirkei Avos. The mission tells us on the top left, If I fulfill the Torah even in the difficult times, then I'll fulfill it even when everything is clear. If I have everything and I'm Emavatel, meaning we have to be uh, as consistent as we can, no matter what exactly is happening around us. Okay, moving right along. A thought that we're up to, that I thought I've done in previous years, but I, I don't think I had it in the notes, and therefore we have to do it this year. Perak Yudalad Pasik Chavtes. Again, we're focusing a lot on Kriyas Yamsuf, obviously that's what we focus on in this week's Parsha, and we focus on the Pasik right before the Shira. Uvenei Yisrael halchu ba'yabasha b'sochayam. Uvenei Yisrael go on dry land in the yam. V'hamayim lahem choma miminam u'mispolam. And the water was a wall on their right and on their left. If we look in the Pasuk, Perak Yudal at Pasach Haftas, the word choma for wall is spelled without a vav. Without a vav. And the Medrash picks up on this. That choma could be read chema, anger. Choma is a wall, but chema, without the vav, you can read as chema. So that's anger. Hashem, there was anger. What was the anger? So the Medrash, as we'll see by the Hashem in a couple of minutes, soon the Medrash says that Hashem was somewhat angry because the malachim were screaming. Why are you saving them? They're all of the Avodazara. And, you know, why do they deserve it? That's the Medrash. Some are familiar with the Medrash. But the question asked the Meshachachma is, why were the malachim only screaming at Kriyas Yamsuf, and there was anger there. Why wasn't this machlokas taking place at Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Right, a couple of days earlier. Right, only at Kriyas Yamsuf. Right, it's as if there was something that happened at Kriyas Yamsuf. There was some type of event that made Klal Yisrael more, you know, uh, more, uh, more open to this, to this argument of the, of the angels. 
Right? So what exactly happened there that could give us some insight? So says the Meshachachma in one of his major pieces in really all the Torah, one of his major theses, and uh, here it is in source number seven. Says the Meshachachma, Hisbonein b'darkei ha-Torah. If we think about the ways of the Torah, right when we see those three words, we're like, we know this is going to be a great Meshachachma. Hisbonein b'darkei ha-Torah. If we think about the ways of the Torah, near it, it will, we will see. Ki b'mitzvos ma'asios, va'arayos. When it comes to action, Averos. Yesh kareis v'skila v'shar mitzvos u'malkus. When it comes to action, Averos, maisa Averos, there are very serious consequences. There are very serious punishments. Chilol Shabbos, avodah zarah, arayos, lochem b'nimosios u'midos. But what about all the Averos that are what we would call the b'nadam l'chavera Averos? Right, a lot of them are not actions. Lashon hara, rechilos, gezel is... But Gezel also fits into this. What's the punishment for all of those Averis? No punishment. It's a lav she'en bo'maisa. No action. It's a lav You can return the money. So when we have these personal Averis between us and God, we might say, or not all, but, you know, Avodizara, Arayos, obviously is not just between man and God, but a lot of Chil Shabbos, those are very serious crimes in the world of punishments. But Lashon Hara and 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 Sina hating our fellow Jew, there's no punishment. Says the Meshachachma, that is all fine and good, but only by Yechidim, by private individuals. Like Hakadosh Baruch Hu is more machped, so to speak, on Averis in category A than category B. But when it comes to the Tzibur, when it comes to Klai Yisrael as a whole, Hashem is more upset by the Ben Adam Lamakoms than by the Ben Adam Lachaveros than by the Ben Adam Lamakoms. Ulam Zedavka biyachid haose. This is only by the individuals. Avel Matzibor Nishchasim Bazem Atzana Lahefech. If the Tzibor is fighting, Sinaschinam Lashon Hara, then it is even more Chomer. And he gives three examples. Three examples of this. First, the Yerushalmi, Yerushalmi and Peah. The Yerushalmi tells us, David kulam The generation of David, they were great Sadiq and they learned a lot of Torah. But because they were, they were Baalei Lashon Hara, Rechilos, that's Diltorim. So they, they had losses in war. They weren't always successful in war in the times of David. One of the worst. Over the Avodah Vayidei, right, Achav was, right, Elio Bahar Carmel, that was with Achav, right, the Baal, the Old of Nivei Habal. Vayidei Shalom Hayyubayam Diltorin, Hayyordin Lamachamu Menatzchim. But when they went out to war, they were successful. Why? Because they had Achdus. And they were together, and they looked out for each other. Shematzibur Nishchasin Bavodizar Vayarayos, Alzanemar Hashochin Itam, Besoch Tumasam. If the whole Tiber does Avodizara, Hashem's still with us in our Toma. Aval binimosios umidos lashon haro machlokas. Hashem says, "I'm leaving." Kaviyachos salik shchinas chamehem. So number one, Yerushalmi and Peya. Doro shel Achav versus Doro shel David. Number two, the Gemara in Yuma Daftes, line twenty. Mikdash Rishon, Mikdash Eni. Why was Mikdash Rishon destroyed? Big three. Avodazarah gave the Damim. Okay, Shvichas Damim was also, but Avodazarah. How long did that last? Seventy years. Second Beit Hamikdash, Sinas Chinam, thousands of years, because that's an avera that Hashem holds holds us more accountable for on a tzibur level. 
That is number two, and that's the uh, door of the he talks about the door of the Mabul did all the Averis. But what what was the what was the Avera that got that put the nail in the coffin? Stealing from each other. The interpersonal, the gazel. Right? Lo nechtam dinam ella al shapashtu yidem begezel vechulu. And therefore, Akadish turning over the page. Turning over, he says, one other example. So we have David versus Achav, we have Mikdash Rishon versus Mikdasheni, and then says the Meshachachman, line 20, Valachain Matsanu, the two major Averos that took place in the Midbar. Sha'al Ha'egel, Sha'yachet Pavodizara, the Cheta Egel dancing around the golden calf, Kadesh Baruch Hu is able to be Mochel. He forgives. Mochel HaKadosh Baruch Hu lahem, v'nisratza lahem, Moshe's prayers are answered. Abel al-Miraglim, shahaya Lashon Hara, v'kviyas tova, Miraglim is Lashon Hara. That's the root. Lashon Hara about Eretz Yisrael. And in gratitude, those Midos, Kadosh Baruch Hu does not forgive. Lo macha lahem v'nigzar, v'nmidbar hazeh yitamu. That's all background. So now what does this have to do with our Pasuk? There's another Medrash. The Medrash tells us that at the Yamsuf, well, we just had a little bit of it in the Gemara Sota. They started fighting at the Yamsuf. When they left Mitzrayim, there was no fighting. They all left. The Malachim couldn't open their mouths. There was not, there was nothing. Klai Yisrael were, were, were Ba'achdus. They were perfect. They were going out. They weren't perfect. They were on the 49th level of Tumah. But they were together. All of a sudden, at Kriyas Yamsuf, what happens? They start arguing with each other. Right? Why? Because, line 37, Some say, let's do this. Some say, let's fight the Mitzrayim. They all start fighting about what we're going to do. Shem says, you're fighting. No, you lose the divine protection, and all of a sudden the angels are, are, uh, find a place to, to, um, to affect us, and therefore they start fighting, and that's why the Chema is Dafka here, when B'nai Yisrael are fighting, and not, and not earlier. Obviously this, this, uh, Machla is Ara Yomazeh, until we still don't have a base of English, that means we're still doing the same problems that, that were done earlier. Okay. Moving right along. Something very, something very special. Hopefully it's all special, but, here we go. So we know we've discussed in the past this Gemara as well. The Gemara tells us that the Pasuk right after Kriyas Yamsuf, that they were traveling in the Midbar of the Matsumayim, says the Gemara, Babakama Pebei, source number nine, Ein Mayim Ela Torah. Mayim means Torah. The Kiva Shokoshlosh is below Torah. They went three days without Torah. Nilu, they became weary. They became weary. So what happened? The prophets amongst them got up and enacted that you would never go three days without Torah. Shabbos, Monday, Thursday, Shabbos, Monday, Thursday. And the Gemara says, what did Moshe do? What did Ezra do? Okay, that's the Gemara. The Gemara that tells us they went three days. Good. Question. Who... Who, were, who was this, who made this Takana? So we usually understand this as Takana Moshe Rabbeinu. 
That's what the Rambam says. When the Rambam quotes this Gemara in Hilchas Tefillah, the Rambam says in source number 10, Moshe Rabbeinu Tikein, she korin b'Torah b'Rabbim b'Shabbos, u'b'Sheni v'Chamishi b'Shachres, k'deish lo'yishu, sholshiyam b'Shmiyas Torah. Right, Moshe Rabbeinu did it, and then Ezra added on some details. Fine. Question. Why doesn't the Gemara say Moshe Rabbeinu? Simple question. Why does the Gemara say, Nevi'im she'beinehem, the prophets amongst them, did it? So why is it that it says Nevi'im Shebeneim it does not say Moshe Rabbeinu? So, the Kesef Mishnah says, no, it's based on that Gemara. The Kesef Mishnah says on the left side, says Rabbi Yosef Cairo, Ulekvima she'amru amdu Nevi'im Shebeneim v'tiknu kasar Rabbeinu Moshe Rabbeinu shehu haya hanavi hagadol v'kala Nevi'im shebedar b'ezdinahu Right, he was the leader. That's why the Rambam says him. Still doesn't answer the question, why did the Gemara say him? Why did the Gemara say Moshe Rabbeinu? So says the Torah Tamima. Machlokas between the Torah Tamima and Rav Salvechik. Rav Salvechik does not quote the Torah Tamima. But says the Torah Tamima against the Rambam. And maybe other going, uh, giving a pshat. Again, it's not possible, not arguing in halacha. But he suggests, why doesn't the Gemara, it doesn't sound like the Gemara should have said Moshe Rabbeinu. If it meant it. Right? And number two, the Torah Tamima says, when we have the list of Takanas Moshe in other contexts, Moshe Rabbeinu was Mesakein, Shiva Simeya Mishta. Moshe Rabbeinu was Mesakein, Shiva Simeya Velos. Moshe Rabbeinu was Mesakein, this is not on that list. On the bottom right, in the Torah Tamima. We find Takanas Moshe, Binyanim Shonim, Kriyasa Torah, Takanas Ulon Iskara. Brachos, Moshe Rabbeinu was Mesakein, the first bracha benching. Moshe says, you have to talk about Hilchas Chag Bachag. We don't find anywhere Moshe Rabbeinu. We just have this Nevi'im Shebeinehem. So suggest the Torah Tamima. Maybe a big Chiddush, a Chiddush Gadol. Bottom left. Line 9. Amnam Efshar Lomar, Da Kavana, Da Koyal Ezezman, Meuchar Harbe. This Takana of Kriyasa Torah was later. Was later. Vulai Bizman Shagoli Shomerits. Maybe it happened Bizman Golus by Israishon. Vanavim Shabahem Ishtavu. The Nevi'im amongst them. They live at that time. They wanted to be Machazik, the Maimid HaTorah by Israel. And they made many Takanos, as we know. Many Takanos were made when Bani Israel went into Golus. So maybe this was one of them too. And that's why he says Nevi'im Shabahem. They were Masmichit to the Pasik of Ain Mayim El Torah. You can't go three days without Torah. But that's not when the Takana was made. That's not when the Takana was made. And this also helps. With the other question that we often ask, what were they thirsty for if they didn't get the Torah yet? Well, we're not going to get into those answers now, but the Torah Tima says, you're right, this was a later Takana at some point, which we don't know exactly when it occurred. Okay, one idea. Says Rev Salvechik, without quoting the Torah Tima, says Rev Salvechik in one of his yard site shiurim for his father, Gimel Shvat, next page. No, it's not true. Really, Moshe Rabbeinu. It sounds like Moshe Rabbeinu. It is Moshe Rabbeinu. Says Rev Salvechik. So why does the Gemara say, Nevi'im Shebeinehem? And this is the whole shear. We're just taking a little piece of it. Moshe Rabbeinu's special status started at Matan Torah. That's when he became Moshe Rabbeinu. That's when he became the greatest leader in history of Kla Yisrael. Before that, he was amazing, but he was in the same, let's call it, quality. Right? Same, greater in quantity, but he was one of the greatest Nevi'im. Only at Maimon Harsinai did he get, get the status of Torah Moshe, Zichur Torah Moshe Adi, Moshe Rabbeinu. 
So when the Gemara, when he made the Takana, which was before Maimed Arsinai, it says the Nevi'im Shebeneim. To emphasize, this wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu as Moshe Rabbeinu. It was Moshe as the greatest Navi, Nevi'im Shebeneim. He and all of his Bezin got together and decided. And that's Moshe. It was Moshe. But it was Nevi'im Shebeneim. And that's what he writes on the top of the source number 12. Borer sheyichud ma'amado shal Moshe hischadish rak b'matan Torah al pi akasuf hine ala ba'anochi ba'alech ma'avenon b'gabachayam minu lolam b'chiras Moshe he totsa'a minasinas haTorah mimasherak al yado nimsur haTorah liYisrael ve'inavi rashi rashi lechadish davar kodem wazeh hayemaylus Moshe kemaylus yeser hanavim and that's why the Gemara doesn't say Moshe Rabbeinu the Gemara says Nevi'im shebenei good. There's just one question, though, that we still have to answer. So why does the Ramam say Moshe Rabbeinu? When the Ramam quotes this Takana, the Ramam says Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? Again, there's, please feel free to look at that Shear, Yardzai Shear, where the Rav talks about, sometimes Moshe Rabbeinu is the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the first parak. Sometimes he's in place of 71, sometimes he's 70 plus 1. There's two different uh, a- a- aspects of Moshe Rabbeinu. But either way, let's get back to this question. So why does the Ramam say Moshe Rabbeinu if he wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu at the time? So explains Rav Salvation, again, part of a much larger piece, but we're just touching it. We know there's a major sugya called Nitzna Torah v'nishat Halacha. The Ramam quotes that in Hilchas Avel, Perak Aleph, Halacha Aleph. It's based on a Gemara in Masech Shavis. The message being, and the most, the, the one that explains this at most is the Rambam in Maseches Chulin on Davkuf in Pirush Mishnayis, that when the Torah was given, all of Halacha was renewed. And the source of our Halachic Misora is Harsinai. And the Rambam says, why do we do mitzvahs today? Why do we do Brismila? Not because Avram did it. Why do we not eat it on Asha? Not because Noah didn't eat it on Asha. We do all mitzvahs today because Moshe Rabbeinu got from Harsinai, got from Hashem at Harsinai, that we have to follow mitzvos, And the Rambam says, because Torah Sibalanu Moshe. That means Moshe gave us 611 plus 2. It's not that he gave us 606 with seven holdovers from before. No. Everything was renewed at Harsinai, and now Rav Salvechik says, and my Chiddush is, even the mitzvahs to Rabbanon had to be renewed. So when the Rambam quotes Moshe Rabbeinu in Ilchas Tfila, it's because Moshe Rabbeinu in the Gemara, he was... Nevi'im Shebeneihem. But now, at Harsinai, he renewed the Takana of Kriyas Torah, and when he did that, he was Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's why the Ramam writes Moshe Rabbeinu in Hilchos Tefillah. Again, I'm sorry we can't read more, but feel free to read it and look at the rest of the drush as well. Okay, two more thoughts. Let's try to squeeze in for the evening. The first is someone that we don't always quote, the Bnei Yisachar. Says the Bnei Yisachar, he quotes from earlier Achronim, something that we've touched on in the past, but we'll see it inside now because I don't think we've ever seen the B'nai, this B'nai Yisachar inside. So he quotes the Medrash about the Mun. The Mun, first line in source number 14. This is the B'nai Yisachar in the, one of the Maimar of Shabbos. So Rabbi Nassan Omer. Berchu B'man V'kidsho B'bracha. The Medrash has four words. Hashem sang, blessed Shabbos with the Mun. And sanctified it with a bracha. What does that mean? What does that mean? So he quotes the Maharimi Panu. The Maharimi Panu, Maharami Panu is, uh, again, an early, uh, Talmud of the Ramak, the early Achron, Talmud of Ramoshikar Devorah, the author of the Talmud Devorah. He lived in Italy, uh, 1548 to 1620. The Ramami Panu. He is the one that first brings up 
Maybe, and questions. Did they make a bracha on the man? Did they make a bracha on the man? Suggest the Marami Panu, yes. Hamotzi lechem min That's his suggestion. He's one of the earliest that says it. Says the Marami Panu, line five. Shilasin lavo. Bisuda shalav yasan in ain suda below lechem. Cause of shiotziwas and send us aman. In the suda shalav yasan in the future, they're gonna take out the man. And what are we gonna do there? Shiyavarchu bracha laman hamotzi lechem min that's, he said, the Bnei Sashka says, I always knew this Marami Panu. And maybe that's the first idea, that Kidshu Bibracha, sanctify the man with a bracha, sanctify Shabbos by making a bracha on the man. Okay, one idea. Says the Bnei Sashka though, Dachirna, I remember, Kshayithi Misovit Bitzel Kachosha Kvod Mechutani, when I was with my father-in-law's presence, we spoke about this, and he and I both thought, is it really appropriate? Did the man need a bracha? Because after all, what's the whole purpose of a bracha? You can say this in a more Kabbalistic way, in a more um, down-to-earth way. The Kabbalistic way is every bracha brings up the Nitzotzot HaKadusha, the sparks of holiness in the cucumber and in the apple. When I make a bracha, I'm perfecting creation by bringing the sparks up, which is all true Kabbalistically. But one could also say, I need to focus on the ruchnius of what I'm doing, even though this is a physical act. And therefore I make a bracha to make this act spiritual. Focus on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? Not like what we started off with, mitzvah sanashim ulumada. Did the man really need that? On both levels. Did the man, the man was all kadosh. You have to take out the nitzotzot sakadusha? No, it's all kadosh. Or do you have to make this a holy activity? You're eating man. I mean, you don't get holier than that. So says the Bnei Yisachar, I didn't think you needed to do this. I didn't think you needed a bracha on the man. Unless he writes in the second half of his writings, but then I rethought this as I got older, and I thought maybe no, even even on the man. Because we know, no matter what level of Ketusha we get to, there's always a higher level of Ketusha that we could get to. And it keeps going up and up. And there's always possibilities of uplifting Nitzotzos HaKetusha to the next level. So even from the man, one can make a bracha. And maybe, he says, maybe it's something that we could only do on Shabbos. That's an amazing suggestion. Where he says, maybe only, line 34, Maybe they only made a bracha on the man on Shabbos, because that's where you could really get uplifted through that eating. An amazing suggestion. That is number two. There's a third idea that he mentions elsewhere. He doesn't relate this specifically to the man, but I saw the Pardis Yosef, one of the Achronim from a hundred years ago quotes this other Bnei Yisachar on the left side, where he discusses, he connects it to uh, Birchas Hareach. I'm not going to go through it inside, but based on that, he gives a third, a third, a uh, third idea. But not for now. Let's go to the last thing, last point though for the for the evening. Source 16. Again, we spoke a lot this week. Kriyas Yamsa for the mom. We didn't get to Amalek. We didn't get to a lot of other things. But each year we have different different focuses. Latorav Alamoa Dibrav Zevin. Like to have a lot of different. Uh, Rabbanim from all different worlds in the, in the Shir today. Says Rav Zevin, what does the Torah tell us about the man? Keep the Omer as a Mishmeres, as something that you will always remember, for generations, and you'll always see the man. And we hope, Bez Hashem, we dive it from Mashiach, because we, we all want to see that battle of man. We want to see what the man looks like. Put one Omer man, 
It's right next to the Aron in the Kodesh Kadasha. Says Rav Zevin, the man, as we know, is the symbol of Parnasa. It's the symbol of everything we get in life for what we need. Rav Zevin says there are three messages of the man that Hashem wants us to remember, again, for generations. Three messages. The highest level of the Parnasa is the man. But there are three messages that we could take as we turn the page. And that is, Hashivyon, Hazikuk, the Hatam. What are those three things? Number one, Hashivyon Ketzad. Everybody gets exactly what they need. No more, no less. If I try to get more than what I need, it's going to spoil and rot. If I think that I don't have enough, I will have exactly what I need. That's message number one of the man. Adam yachol avod kamashi yachol. And we have to do our rishtabus. V'yachol adam l'ma'it kamashi m'ma'it. U'besofer shol davar lo hedif hamar bevahamamet lo hechsir ish l'fi achlo. Kazehu tores hasholchan hayehudi. Message number one is that we all have exactly what we need, no more, and, no, and if we think we have more than what we need, maybe it's there to give to somebody else. Right? We have what we need exactly. Number one. Number two. What's the second message of the Mun? Line 14, 13. Haziko Ketzad. The Gemara describes the Mun as, Lechem Shenivla Biramach Evarim Hayahamun. The Mun was all absorbed into our limbs. We never had to go to the bathroom from the Mun. It was all Kadosh. Klomar, Naki Vizachmi Bipleep Soles. Our Parnasa, everything we make in Parnasa has to be everything that we could be swallow and absorb and pure. And Naki. Kami Gios Arachadam Liga, Bishul of Varus, Absolus, Menochel. Psolus, there's been Adam Lachavero, Psolus. Right? Lying and stealing and Onoa. And been Adam Lamakom, Psolus. Machos, Asuros, Arpanasa's gotta be pure. It's gotta be perfect. It's gotta be something that we could swallow all of it. And not have to remove anything. And nothing else, nothing has to go to waste from what we what we have. So number one, we have exactly what we need. Number two, it's got to be, as we know, right, the first question that we're going to be asked. And number three, the tam. What's the tam? The man tasted like whatever you wanted it to taste like. Whatever package HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us, we can make it taste like whatever we choose to. You know, we could have an amazing package, but if we make it in a way that it doesn't taste good, then that's our choice. But the mun, the magic of the mun is if I recognize that I have whatever I need and it tastes good and I'm sameach bechelki, that's, that's the message. That's the message of the mun of the parnasa. If I realize that Baruch Hu is doing this, and then I could taste all the madanim in the world, it could be delicious. But it's all in my attitude. It's all in my decision. And that's the message of the man. The shivyon, the zikuk, the purity, and the tam. We should all, Be'ez Hashem, be zochet to have such a such a um, attitude towards everything in life that we have. And uh, again, do mitzvahs with excitement, like we started off with today. Not mitzvahs on Nashim but mitzvahs on fire as we perform each one of them. Okay, we'll stop here.